on today's show, Luka Doncic goes off for 70, 73 points in an actual NBA game where there's footage of the game. True. Where there's footage us. of the game. So in my eyes, it's the number two scoring game of all time. <laughs> we'll talk about that. How did he get there? What does it mean for the Mavericks? And more on today's Locked On Mavericks. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Oh, NBA champion. He is It's good. And the Mavericks have won the game. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Eggstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your Luka Doncic every day. Thanks for being part of this show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Just say one thing about Luka. Or maybe just say Luka in the comment section. Just over and over and over again. Oh, my God. Joining me, as always, on the post game, the post game prodigy, which you got for me, slightly biased as we let it ride. Um, Luka Doncic, Luka. Oh, my God. <laughs> Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, ultimately. <laughs> From the team that traded him on draft night. <laughs> yeah, true. It's, it is rivalry week. Rivalry week. He took it serious. And, man, we'll talk about his game, obviously. We'll talk about how he got there. We'll talk about some of the other role players, too, how the Mavericks came out with a win this game. It was close. It was like like many greatest scoring games in NBA history. It was close. Yeah. because Like, he scored a bunch of points because they needed him to. They didn't just blow out the other team. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. But, man... Just an absolutely insane. It's obviously a Mavericks record. It is yeah. actually the the fourth largest amount of points scored in an NBA game. 100 like points you, by Wilt, obviously. Like 81 you said, that we know of, that yeah. they told us. <laughs> yeah, 100 points by Wilt where there's no film. 81 <laughs> by Kobe. There is film on that one. I watched that one. Yeah. And then there's three guys, David Thompson, Wilt twice, and then now Luca with 73 points. Wow. I mean, just incredible. And the way he got it, too, where the second half – it's remarkable that he scored as many points as he did in that half with the way that they were gu guarding him and doubling him. And I thought DeJounte Murray, I mean, it's crazy to say someone played good defense in a game and someone scored 71 points. I thought DeJounte <laughs> Murray played like some legit it, strong ball denial and stuff like that, but there was just nothing. Well, it's because they didn't put him on until the, like the middle of the fourth quarter when they decided yeah. like, hey, guess what? I guess we got to guard Luka at some point. We're just, because at the beginning of the game, they just put Sadiq Bey on him. Yeah, who is not a good Johnson. Yeah, true. Or, or who is Sadiq Bey, who is not a good defender, is a, a famous locked on NBA phrase to say, Sadiq Bey, he's supposed to be three and D, and he doesn't really hit the three that well, and he doesn't really play D, so what is he? That's what Kuga, <laughs> that's what Kuga locked up his and said one time. We always crack up about it. But they decided that, and they didn't go double team until like midway through the fourth quarter, or like early fourth quarter, basically. And at that point, he already had about 65. And yeah. like the. It was just one of those games where he could not miss in in certain instances where he needed it. Like he needed it. Twenty five of thirty three from the field, eight of thirteen from three. Eight threes is like not that many. Like it's a lot right now, but it's not like a record or anything. 
15 yeah. of 16 from the free throw line. It's not like he was did Joel Embiid and hit like like took 30 free throws or anything like that. It was just a clinic of Luca getting to the basket, scoring, hitting jumpers, scoring all over the place, being just in a hyper efficient game to score 73 points. Just uh, absolute insanity, man. We talked we talked about like teams throwing like throwing different defenses at Luca, and it feels like lately, especially one of the popular ones is all right. We're, we're just going to trust our our one on one guys, and we're not going to help off and let these shooters get hot or whatever. Like we're going to force Luca to beat us, and man, when he's going, he's going to beat you. He's going to beat you. Like you're just praying that he misses his threes. That's it. And he, you could tell he was locked in tonight because I thought maybe. And I'm not. I don't want to excuse their game, their games to the Suns or Celtics, but this team has historically, I felt like, been kind of rough when they get long periods of breaks, I don't, like long the mass, rest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but uh, all even Luca's misses tonight were strong, and that's kind of how you know somebody's like feeling it when when mm. the misses are a little bit strong instead of short. That's when you know someone's locked in. My God, he was locked in. And it was one of those games where you just lost to the Suns in the most embarrassing i mean we almost had it felt like we had a funeral the other day yeah, <laughs> post game for the sad. for the maps we were just sad and then dana and i had a mavs family meeting on the show yesterday where we were just like talking about all right let's lay it all out on the table what are all the issues with this team and coming into this hawks game you're traveling to atlanta Luca gets named an all-star starter. He goes to TNT. He's like, you know, in front of the, the basketball world. And then they have to ask him about the, you know, the fan getting ejected thing again and all that. I just wanted to, like, it was a low moment for the, for, I felt like for the team, for the fans, obviously. And it's one of those games where you have to respond. I sent to the subtexters. I have a subtext line where you can text me. I send text uh, stuff to, to everybody. I send to the subtexters before the game in my game preview. I said, I want to see how this team responds to the next couple of games. It's not just this one game, but I want to see how they respond to the next couple of games. And dang it, if Luca didn't just take that to like the nth degree, he just completely responded. He knew he needed to have a game like this. No Kyrie, yeah. no no Maxi or Dwight, so their their bigs are kind of limited there, which they are anyway. But <laughs> and it, it they just needed him to go off. And then you look at the Hawks starting lineup. Tr- start Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, who has been an all defensive player but hasn't been that great of a, a defense like a defender like to that level at least Sadiq Bay who's not a good defender Jalen Johnson who can be and then Clint Capella Luca takes advantage of those uh you know those types of centers all the time and so you're like man they don't really have anybody to cover him or, or even like stick with him and boy, boy was that true yeah no he just he was feasting I mean I, I think Jalen Johnson is a good, solid player and a good, strong defender at times. But, man, it was just the torture rack anytime he was on Luka. And it was some tough shots, too. It wasn't like Jalen jo- like Johnson was doing a terrible job. Luka, again, when he's locked in, there's literally nobody who can stop him. He's going to make every tough shot. He's going to make cra- those crazy and ones, those low dribble pickups where it's basically a floater from two feet inside <laughs> the three-point line. And those are going to go in every time. Like, it's just an unstoppable freight train. And, uh, you know, I, I will say, this is why... This is why, you know, you get frustrated is not the right word, but you want him to reach that point where it's just he doesn't beat himself anymore because that's what he doesn't yeah, lose composure. Right, he doesn't have right. the games where he beats himself because then you see the games like these and it's like this guy is an all time great already, you know, with with all the potential in the world to do. I mean, so many insane things in this league win and win individual awards and team, you know, accolades like championships. It's just like, gee, 73. I mean, I never I honestly got <laughs> I like Luke is incredible. I never thought he'd reach that. Just his style of play. I didn't think would ever lead to a 70 point game, to be honest. It's one of those where 
you think back to when he got drafted and you think back to how he went third overall, he went third overall and, and that DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley were taken ahead of him in a draft, right? Like you just have to go back to all the negatives that were said about it. He's too slow. He won't be able to keep up with the athletes in the NBA. He hasn't done it against Marquette in, in February. Like he just hasn't done those things. And you go, man, he just has proven so many things wrong about all that and about that approach. Because if you just, if you, have that touch. And if you have that feel and a lot of basketball, like I've seen like really big guys, like really fat guys play basketball and they're like, dang, they're better than me. And I'm like, you know, I'd, I'd be more athletic than them at the time. And you're like, they just have a feel and they just, if, as long as you have that, a feel and a touch and the IQ to know when and where to go off, when and where to get your shots, when and where to throw passes, like IQ can take you a, a long way. And it's taken Luke literally all the, all the way to the top. Yeah, Luca, and then like how other teams have built their teams over the time, like the Thunder, have changed how I feel about like the draft process. I, I give me these smart players. They, it feels like yeah. they pan out so much more often that like like Jaime Hawkes, for example, like mm-hmm. than these project athlete guys. Because yeah, Luca, your Josh Jacksons, like from, yeah, from the exactly. past, you know. Because even you look at Luca, and it still does not make a lot of sense. But <laughs> you see him in person; he's just he's a he's huge. He's a, yeah, he's massive human being. But he he's not like an elite NBA level athlete, but he just gets to his spots whenever he wants. He's just so patient. His dribbles, his handle is so tight and he just knows all the angles. He knows exactly where you're going to be at. He knows if you're going to lean, which direction you're leaning. If you're going to jump, if he has you off balance, he'll get you up in the air. And he knows from there, okay, I can draw contact. I can, you know, uh, do my low dribble pickup. If this guy's coming over to help in the, in the gaps, I have that option right there. It's just, this is what we've been saying. Like he's figured out defenses. It feels like to a level, the likes of which you don't see very often in the sport. Because at this point, he's seen them all. They've been yeah. thrown at him in, in various different ways. And it's one positive for him being the only star on the Mavericks for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like They had to throw everything at him. And they, he didn't have this. You know, it feels like sometimes Tatum has been on these teams for so long that he's been – there's been so many other like stars around him that you throw a different defense and he's just got to make jumpers. You know, it's like, okay, if he, if he makes his jumpers, then he's still going to have a great, but if he doesn't, then what does he turn to after that? And for Luca, it's like, well, I, he can answer every single question, right? Yeah. <laughs> he can answer every single one of them. And so coming up, let's talk about how he got there, how the Mavericks uh, st- almost blew this game. Basically we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about that and talk about Luca and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has partnered with The GOAT, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. So if you play Daily Fantasy, you want to check out some of these picks because Josh has picked out some of this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Players of the Week Fantasy Picks of the Week. He picks somebody at your lineup that you that he thinks could, could help you. Nick Richards is kind of an interesting guy. He's a guy that I'm looking at in trades possibly out there that could be Mavs backup center, somebody like that. But Josh Lloyd says this, Mark Williams doesn't appear to be coming back anytime soon, so Richards is going to have an extended run at center. He spelled center C-E-N-T-R-E because he's Australian. Putting up solid fantasy numbers in the process. So check out Nick Richards for your fantasy team. And if you have a car, if you have a car, if you're driving in your car right now, You've got parts that you can that you can replace yourself, and you can get those parts at eBay Motors. If you want to replace your wipers or your headlights or your roof rack or bumpers or you know anything like that, you can go check it out. See what they have at eBay Motors. They have 122 million different parts to choose from, and you know with that eBay's guaranteed fit, it's going to fit your car the first time guaranteed. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Luka Doncic Day. Luka scores 73 points against the Atlanta Hawks. The Mavs do get the win. 148. Do 143. When's the last time the Mavs scored 140 points? I th- they've done it this season. This season? Yeah, they almost scored 150 in a game. Oh, my God. It, it's, it, the scoring has it's just been on another level. And sometimes yeah. it's defenses are, are not as good. And sometimes it's just, man, guys are just hitting tough, tough shots. And the offense is just taking another level this season. Yeah. But... Luka Doncic scores 73, and there was a moment. You mentioned that Luka takes himself out of game sometimes. There was a moment in the first quarter while I was watching this because, I, like I said earlier, I really wanted to see how this team responded because when the fouls don't start not going their way, when the threes stop falling for them, this team hangs its head, and then they don't play defense. They don't get back in transition. And it was – so at the six-and-a-half-minute mark, Lively got his second foul. I was watching that. They went small after that. And at the five-minute mark, Luka drives in, gets a bucket, doesn't get a foul call. He's slow to get back. The Mavs defense is a mess. The Hawks score really quickly. And then it's, you know, 20, 20, 22 to 16. The Hawks seem like they're they're coming back. Luka subs out at the end of the first quarter. The Mavs don't score at all. The Hawks go on an 8-0 run at the end. They don't score with Luka not on the court like, like at all to end the quarter. And then the Mavs are down at the end of the first quarter. It just felt like, oh, man, this could really fall apart for them quickly here. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I felt good about this game from really like opening tip, even when it did look like the Hawks were making a bit of a, or they did. I mean, the Hawks had a lead going into the second quarter, yeah. uh, mainly because of, I mean, like you said, it looked like it could have gone wrong, but I could just tell, you you can almost just tell immediately. Like, it, it's weird how that works, where if this is going to be a game where the team is kind of out of it and small things can, can take them out of the game entirely. It didn't feel like that immediately. Like, I reached that point with the Cowboys a long time ago where I can tell. <laughs> the first snap of the game, I'm like, oh, they're losing this one, guys. There's no point in watching the rest. You it's just like that, that that Super Bowl where the, the snap goes over Peyton Manning's head when he was on the Broncos. <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're not going to win this game. Like, it's yeah, done. yeah, yeah. That's it. That's how this team feels at times. But uh, I thought tonight, I mean, they did give up 143 points, which is just obscene. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it can't be a coincidence looking through all these high-scoring NBA games. It is crazy. All of them are super close. All of them are very high-scoring. It's just... The other team is just put under so much pressure to keep up and score points. And NBA offenses are so good that, I mean, they're capable of doing it. And the Hawks were getting out and running and because they had to. Like, they had to answer every single thing that Luka gave to them. And uh, they did a good job to their credit, but the Mavericks what? did pull it out. And you got to give the Hawks credit, too. 15 of 34 from three. That's Yeah, that's, they were red hot. That's 44%. 26 of 30 from the free throw line for the Hawks. So, you know, they matched the Mavericks basically at the free throw line as well. And so they were hit, they were hitting their shots, and you know they're a really good offensive team, but they're not a good defensive team, and neither are the Mavericks. And so it yeah. was just the the uh, the fight of the offense. They were also fifty three percent from all mid range shots. The Hawks were too. Yeah, so and they, they were fifty four percent in transition off live ball rebounds. Like they were just getting out and going. So uh, another like poor transition defense game for the Mavericks. If we're just being was. brutally honest and being tough on them a little bit, but uh, but only sixteen fast break points. So they didn't, you know, the yeah, Mavs I mean, out, they, outscored them in fast break. The Mavs outscored him at the rim, outscored him in the paint. So they did some things well, but, you know, uh, I mean, Luka Doncic just scored 73 points. I don't know. <laughs> that's what this game boils down to. It basically did. Uh, at the rim is the one where I wanted to, to point out. Hawks only shot 62% at the rim. That's bad at the rim. Mavs shot 72% at the rim. 
Hawks were 18 of 29 from uh, from the field at the rim. And this is Derek Lively. This is the yeah. effect of Derek Lively. He had four blocks in this game. He had a couple other where he altered the shot and just you know played really good vertical defense. He only finished with what? He finished with four fouls. A couple of them were oh, five fouls. He, a couple of them were against Trey Young where he just got you know the foul call. Like if they had to give an explanation, it would have been, he's a large man in the vicinity of a small man. That would have, yeah. been, that would yeah. have been the foul. Uh, but Derek Lively was just such a big impact in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, Derek Lively was tremendous. He, like you said, there was – I guess I didn't even realize he got to – how many did you say? Four blocks? Four blocks. But there was – he altered so many other shots, and he's just gotten really good at contesting vertically. And some of those – like, that was just Trey Young being Trey Young, like a master at his craft, sure. at, you know, getting defenders off balance and then taking advantage, and that's a rookie, 19-year-old. So it's easy pickings for Trey. But, uh, yeah, he was really good in this game. He was the Mavs' second-best player. Maybe Josh Green could have a case for being the second-best player tonight. You know what's wild about the Lively thing, too, is that he outplayed Clint Capella. Yeah, well, that's not hard. But if, <laughs> think about all the talk we had over yeah. the summer of, like, should they trade for Clint Capella? Should they trade the 10th pick for Clint Capella, right? Like, we were talking about that. Like, imagine if the Mavs did that and Clint Capella is the player that he has been this season. I mean, yeah. It would have been a disaster. And so good mm -hmm. move for the Mavericks to not do that, to not give up you know, Josh Green for Clint Capella or Hardy. Well, maybe they could have given Hardy, but not the pick and one of those guys. Like, it was just a, a, a better move. Um, uh, we we got like 10 days until the trade deadline. Well, they didn't give up the 10th pick. They're not going to give up true, Lively true. for him, right? So they, they, oh, yeah. they won in that respect. And so it's just interesting to see him outplay him straight up like that. It's uh, interesting what, the, what they would look like because I think like the most common mock trade I saw was the 10th pick and Hardaway. For the fifteenth pick in Capella, yeah, but that's not what the Hawks wanted. Remember, the, like the the report was that the Hawks were asking for Josh Green, uh, and you know Josh Green or Hardy in the tenth pick. It's like, well, that's oh, laughable. Oh, yeah, no, that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. The Mavs also took their first free throw in the game at three forty six in the second quarter. This yeah. is this is happening again. Why are the Mavericks not getting free throws? Because they're shooting a lot of threes. <laughs> they only they're took thirty five in this one. They're shooting a lot of threes and uh, thirty five is un it's like four like six threes under their average. <laughs> shooting a lot of threes and uh, like when when they get to the rim, very rarely except it, unless it's Luca, very rarely do they like play through contact. Right. A lot of the other guys are cutting and you know they're getting looks off of Luca that are usually open, but it is kind of wild to only get one free throw at that point. I didn't think the officiating was egregious. No, they really they really only shot only thirty five threes. Yeah, if if it was egregious, they were giving the Mavs some stuff. I would say yeah. with that one, you you kind of run with Luca. But I think the reason why they're not getting free throws is you know, Luca shot sixteen, so that's that's a lot. And then you've got Josh Green, who is not one of those guys that drives into contact and tries to create that. And then Hardy and Exum have kind of been playing a little scared lately. Exum coming back yeah. from injury, Hardy's minutes have been here or there. So it's like it's not like they're driving into players are driving in contact really confidently either. And then no Kyrie, he doesn't get a ton of free throws anyway, but um, yeah. And then Hard Hardaway's game is not that either. Like they just don't have that in their arsenal uh, with anybody else. Yeah. Even Exxon when he was healthy, like one and a half free throws a game. He, he kind of has that finesse touch around the rim where he's got like the yeah. hook shots and stuff that he goes to rather than being like an explosive finisher. So yeah, outside of Luca, they especially without I mean, like you said though, Kyrie doesn't play through contact really either. His, his game is much more predicated on finesse as well. Kyrie uh, just matrix matrix through all the all the yes. contact at the rim. Basically, it's insane. Yes. To, it's insane to watch. He probably Par deserves a little bit more free throws, if I had to guess. For sure.
There's another moment in the end of the second quarter that I was paying attention to. Luca had 70, or he had 73 in the game. He had 37 points with a minute 42 left. And then he got that deflection against DeJounte Murray and dove on the ball and grabbed the ball and tried oh, to yeah. save it. And then he was smacking the ground. Like that, that to me is like the, um, hold on one second. That's the, that's the give a sh- like that they just desperately need on this team, especially after a loss like they had against the Suns and then the loss against the Celtics too. And then they've had a couple of losses in a row here. They just really need somebody to come out and just be the, be the emotional leader. And like Luca can be that. Yeah. And I'm sure you can attest to this. I've heard from people in the know. Luca, Luca hears things. Sure. Luca hears stuff that gets said about him. So I'm sure he came out oh, tonight. He heard what that Suns fan said, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking like social media. He might be a little bit more plugged in than people would like to think. Sure. So uh, I think he, I think he heard some of the talk and wanted to come out. But th- that just goes, that just proves our point. Where it is, the team is going to go how you're the best player goes, and when Luca's active and playing I mean the team themselves has said it I, I, I always remember that quote from Josh Green I don't remember when it was some point last year or something where he said after the game yeah when Luca plays defense it's awesome and we're like oh my god Luca's playing defense let's 100%. go let's let's rally behind that so uh yeah I love the energy like ab- above all else the 73 points is incredible yeah, but yeah Luca was locked in um like trying on defense and you, he got beat a few times by Trey that's gonna happen you just said the 73 points is incredible, but yeah, the 73 <laughs> points is cool and all, but I love that he dove for that loose ball. Like that showed more that that was meant more to me than the 73. Listen, listen, we're not going to follow the brand of the locked on <laughs> daily podcast where we talk about the minutia of everything without talking about a, somebody diving on a loose ball when they had a <laughs> yeah. 73 point game. It's just what we do here. It's just what we yep. do here. We talk about every angle. That's Coming how up. you zag right there. That was the best. <laughs> that was the best part of the game. Coming you up. You could have had zero. Let's talk about how Luca got there, what it means for Luca and his career, and then let's talk about some of the other players that made contributions or didn't make contributions in, in this game. coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly is something that I use every single day. It's a you know, you know spell check on your phone. It's like the much much better version of spell check. It is an incredible tool that you can use. You can get it as a web browser. You can get it as an app as well, where you can just copy and paste if you have a paper that you're writing. You're in college, you're in high school, you just copy or you're going, getting your degree or whatever, you just copy and paste it right in there. It'll help you with all that. I've u- I used it all through college. I use it every single day, writing emails because I have to write professional emails. And so I want to make sure that I'm using the right punctuation and all that and the right words and the right word choice and all that. So make sure you download Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. You can download it for free, for sure. If you need to draft an important email and don't know where to start, Grammarly also has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. Remember the Clippy thing? Remember like in Microsoft Word, that was a little Clippy on the top right? It's just like Clippy, except for it's helpful. So Grammarly.com slash podcast. Check it out today. I was about to say, that's long. I'm letting it play all the way through. It's just one of those days. 73 points for Luca comes down to the end, and he he just kept figuring out ways. Even when they sent the double, even when they had DeJounte Murray face guarding him, they still found way, he still found ways to get to the rim. What do you think this game and this this point total means for Luca in his career? I think this game perfectly encapsulates him as a player for a couple different reasons. Uh, again, an unstoppable freight train when he's going. I think yeah. he's, he's he doesn't lead the league in scoring. I mean, what Embiid's doing is insane. 
But his, I think he's but the best ethical getter. But ethical scoring. Ethical scoring. Luka does lead the league in ethical scoring. <laughs> but uh, I think he's the best bucket getter in the NBA. That's and right. I feel like I feel like I could say that not being slightly biased. Like, I, I feel like if I just had to choose a player to get a basket, that's a, that was professional right there. That was really good. That was professional right there. That was amazing. If I just had to pick one player, I need points. Who do I feel most comfortable with? Luka would be my answer. But then there are plays, subtle plays, like fourth quarter, the the Hawks are sending hard doubles, and this game is in the balance because the the Hawks are scoring at will as well. And Luca steps back, and it feels like he has a decent enough look where he's so hot and he's scoring so many points that you're like, okay, if he shoots that and misses, we're all okay with it. Nobody's gonna get mad at him. But he waits just a split second for de- the, the the defender guarding Exum to commit, and then he kicks it. Exum has a wide open three at the top of the key, yeah. and Exum knocks it down. It's a huge shot in the game. It's shots like that. Like, that was with a minute 16 left, if that's the shot I'm thinking of. Yep. That, it was a three-point game. Exum hits that to a six-point game. The game's over. The Mavs, you know, that was the, pretty much the dagger right there. But it's plays like that where Luka could have easily shot that shot. And even if he missed it, I think we're all – you know, nobody's yelling at him. Nobody's complaining. But it's the smart basketball play to make that pass. He had the one a minute earlier, too, where he was in the fast break, and he had three guys on him, and he could have just, like th- – thrown his arms up wildly and tried for a foul but josh green was right there he passed it to him and then josh green missed, oh, missed yeah. the layup just blew the layup completely uh and then the hawks hit a shot and it was a four-point game at that point uh and then the play that you just mentioned absolutely where lively got an offensive rebound on that one that was huge too so yeah. another way that he impacted the game uh man just an amazing amazing game for luca it puts him on the level of uh of legitimate one of the best stars we've seen or one of the best starts to a career we've ever seen in the NBA. Oh yeah. Right. Like we've never seen somebody have this many all, all NBA first teams at the beginning of their career. We've no, we haven't seen somebody with four all-star starts in in their first like six years. Basically it's insane to see what he's doing and to have a game like this, it's very validating. And uh, it's kind of like the league is, there's more players getting this. Like Donovan Mitchell has a 70 point game. Booker has a 70 point game. Yeah. And B just got one. Man, it's just it's we're hitting this era right now where guys can hit these individual player scoring marks. Well, the the talent in the league is just on another level. Like the skill level. You know, there's just not a lot. Everyone says the defense isn't good. And yeah, you know, they've definitely legislated some defense out of the game for sure. sure. But the skill, I mean, these guys are just hitting shots. That's just insanity. And there's no defensive specialists anymore. Right? Yeah. Like, but I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like in Bede's case, this guy is a seven foot guy who's shooting mid ranges at like a 65. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? There's not a thing you could do. Like Luca just does whatever. He, he's so big and like so patient and so crafty that he gets to whatever spot he wants. Back in so, my day, we had a Michael Kidd Gilchrist that we could just throw at him. who was an elite yeah, defender. True. <laughs> Yeah, Frank just... Nilakino would have thrived in <laughs> 1993. Oh, dang. I wish I had the, I don't thought people forget about Frank. People forget about Frank. Oh, man. But hopefully this helps uh, Luca. that, you know, I see a lot of people mad that the national media has like a certain slant. Listen, when you're a superstar, the national media is going to have some negative things to say about you. That sure. is just how it goes. Everyone's you're going to have to live with that. Every player deals with it. Jokic doesn't care about the NBA. And yeah. Embiid is not an ethical scorer. We just joked about that. Like, Well, Jokic there's... got grilled before he won. Like, that, like he got blasted all Everybody's time. got that. Yeah. And I do agree, though, that it does feel like like the national media has reached a point with Luca where it's like, oh, uh, another 40-point triple-double? Well, yeah, he's done that however many times in his career now. Like, uh, Shea just did this for the first time in his career. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of cooler to me. This one is, like, hard. Because I thought after the Christmas Day game, there would be, like, a, 
a level of discussion about him that would really reach a certain level. And it didn't, didn't really feel like that because the suns were melting down and that was more of the topic of conversation because we just automatically go towards the negative things, unfortunately, when it comes to talking about sports more often than not. But this one is pretty hard to ignore. It is. It's hard to ignore. And this is not one of those wins that fixes everything for the Mavericks. But no. it's one of those where Luka has taken a step up as a leader this season, and he has. And he responded af- He responded in a massive way after they were really at one of their lowest moments. And I think that's huge mm-hmm. for this. Agreed. Agreed I that this isn't like a... This isn't like a benchmark game for the Mavericks. We're like, all right, just do that every night, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I hope they don't do it every night because it was Tim Hardaway Jr.'s worst game of the season to me. Oh, man. He hit a big three, but, man, that turnover at the end and some of the decision-making. and His defense. His defense, his defense was so atrocious. bad the whole game. I, I've, I don't want to spoil anything because I'm dropping a video about the trade deadline, but I, I've cooked up something that I like. <laughs> Where you trade Tim? I, I cooked up two trades that make a lot of sense to Do you want to hear I do want to hear them, but they feel realistic. Like they weren't like dream trades, but they were like realistic sounding trades. Okay, I'm ready. Kyle Anderson, okay. three team trade. The Timberwolves get Monte Morris from the Wizards or okay. from the Pistons. Yeah, send Kyle Anderson to the Mavericks. Rashawn Holmes to the Pistons. The Pistons get three second round picks: two from the Timberwolves, one from the Mavs. So it's for the Mavericks. It's Tim and two seconds. No, it's Rashawn in a second. Oh, Rashawn Holmes in two seconds for one Kyle second. Anderson. One second. The Timberwolves are sending two seconds. Oh, nice. The Mavs getting Kyle Anderson. And the other one was the Mavs take a swing at Wiggins, and it was Tim and whatever minimum contract you want to send. Yeah. I, I did Seth because it's just like Mavericks trading Seth Curry. The Mavs have to trade him again. <laughs> like, it makes sense. For a player that makes more sense than maybe worse yeah. in the long run. And then get two seconds for Wiggins. So Wiggins and two seconds. We also saw in this game, I like those trades. Those, those are good. They feel realistic is the thing. I know we also saw Derek Jones Jr. go down with a wrist sprain oh, injury. Yeah. Oh, my God. He landed on his wrist. It looks bad. He left. He didn't come back after halftime. Uh, that's one that's kind of tough for the Mavericks to replace. But yeah. it, they've got Omax. You've got you've got A.J. Lawson. Like, it feels like that's the that's where they go with him. But, man, that, that's a tough one to replace for if he's going to be out for an extended period of time. And this team just continues to just not catch any breaks when it comes to injuries. So it – do they just default to sprain if they don't know really know what it is yet? Because I'd be shocked if that's all it was. It looked really bad. Well, like, it's a sprain if it's only, like, slightly... Like, Dr. Brian Suterer came on the show and explained to me the difference between it, so I'm going to try to relay that. The sprain is, like, if, it's, if the ligament's tear, torn, like, a little bit. It's a it's a okay. complete... Uh, or it's a strain if it's if it's that. It's a complete sprain if it's... I don't, I don't remember, but that's like the the one that you can tell before you do an MRI. Basically, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is the one where they that's where they default to. Well, I'm just happy you didn't break it or something because it looked, looked like bad. he did. I was I, I immediately I was sitting on my couch by myself. He falls down. He starts holding his wrist. And I go. He broke his wrist. He broke his that's wrist. That's what I thought happened too. He broke his wrist. And so sprain is like a best case scenario, I guess. <sighs> it was good to see Dante back though, and uh, and playing a little bit more aggressive in this one, and just, yeah. you know, just dribbling the ball. They just needed one more ball handler. Pl- and played some good defense too. He did. Played some good defense. Like, Trey Trey hit some shots down the stretch, but he, it wasn't Trey's best game, and he, uh, I don't know, has – I was about to make a joke. He has a, he has a concussion, <laughs> apparently. So He did. He was, out, he was out for this past week. Yeah, he yeah, had 30-11 yeah. and 11 in this game. I mean, it was still a great game. Uh, Grant Williams, I thought, had – 30? A, he had 30 and 11? Okay. Yeah. Trey, I'm it didn't sorry. Seem like, it didn't seem like it, but he was he was scoring in the, in the second half. Uh, yeah. Grant Williams, I thought, had a, kind of a bounce-back game. He hit a three, five, five rebounds, four assists. Like – 
some so, just some solid play. And that's like all that's all we were asking of, of him, yeah. right? Like he didn't have to be this insane like role player, but just like play solid play a solid game and boom, he did. Nine, five, and four. We'll gladly take that. That's it. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. Absolutely. Uh, all right. There you go. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have the Kings game. I'll be there in the arena. We're a five-day-a-week and every post-game Dallas Mavericks podcast. So subscribe to the show if you're not on our way to 100,000. Not close, but we're, we're on our way to 100,000 <laughs> subs. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked on Mavs. I need a recovery beer. Peace out. Boom.